Hey guys, Eric Sue here, and I just wanted to share a video that we did recently. Hope you enjoy. Let me know what you think. You can add me on Instagram at Sue. That's E-R-I-C, O as in orange, S as in sugar, I-U. Same name for Twitter. You can also DM me there. Let me know what you think and hope you enjoy. Today, I'm going to talk a little closer to my mic. We're going to talk about just any questions you have around what's working in customer acquisition today and, and how to make it uh, how to make it better. Because here's the problem with customer acquisition. Uh, hello, Adrian. How's it going? Uh, we, we have we have regulars now. I think once you do it past like 9, 10 or 11 a.m., uh, Adrian will come in. Uh, Rosh will come in. Uh, Brian, nice to see you. And so... <clears throat> Anyway, going back to customer acquisition, I think we can, we'll can we jump around here. This is meant to be more of a Q&A. And if you guys actually like this, I'm probably going to do more of these. We're just going to see how the engagement uh, is, is going. But overall, like the problem with customer acquisition is that there's too much new things coming out all the time. It's like, you got to try this thing. You got to try this thing. There's this chat bot thing you have to try. And then there's like this, this uh, direct messaging bot you have to do. And then it's, it's just like, it gets overwhelming, right? And so, you know, what Neil and I have talked about on the Marketing School podcast is just to really figure out what you're good at, what's actually performing and what you can double down on. So I'll give you an example. Uh, in terms of customer acquisition, I'm not just thinking about marketing. I'm also thinking about sales too, right? So if I look at the time we spent going to conferences in the last two, three years or so, I did an ROI analysis and our return on investment was about 20X, okay? So it's like, okay, if that's working, why not do more of it? So if you find something that's working, if you find something that's growing, why not do more of it, right? Um, Damien, hello, nice to see you and you're welcome for the email reminder. Um, I think, you know, maybe I might do these once a week. So let me know if you guys want to see these once a week. Um, so look, focusing in on one area and you find that it's working, that's great. So I'll, I'll tell you another thing that's worked really well for me uh, just to start things off. We're in the first two minutes. It's 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 barely 11 right now. The hello, hello first metric, we got a return on investment in the last three years on doing dinners. The return on investment is about 20, 21X, okay? So that to me, it's like, okay, if anything's positive ROI wise, and it seems like it's a good investment of my time, and I know that I'm also building relationships, I'm probably going to do it, right? And you're probably thinking, Eric, like, that's not very sexy because you're talking about offline things. Well, sure, I'm talking about offline things, but offline gets you business, it gets you relationships, and it allows you to do things like collaborations with people that have large audiences to go online again, right? So offline and online, I wouldn't even try to separate them. I think it's trying to figure out, you know, how can you get the two to play nice with each other, okay? Um, so <laughs> correct, Rosh, both things are meeting people in person. Uh, mama, mama, Sita free, uh, that, that, mama, Sita free. You're welcome for the invite. Christian. Uh, hello. Nice to see you. And I really like these lives. People are so engaging. People are so nice. I'm just waiting for the audience to grow bigger so that I can have some haters coming in too, saying like, Eric, you got fat, you know, Eric, this, that, like, I love it all because people are engaging. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, well, what matters is like you, people are actually getting value. Okay. So the other thing I'm saying is this, like, uh, our team, we are taking a lot more, putting a lot more effort into not just going live, but it's actually engaging with people, right? So if you guys follow me on LinkedIn, you'll see that I actually comment and my team actually helps comment too. And that actually gets us a lot more views, right? So what was happening before with LinkedIn, LinkedIn organic reach is still very strong. Um, we would post something like, the marketing school, um, and by the way, guys, ask whatever questions you have, like, you know, what about this? What about this? This is meant to be a Q&A. I'm just starting things off right now. Tell me where you're coming from, too. But <clears throat> with LinkedIn, we were auto-publishing marketing school episodes every single day, and we were only getting, like, maybe 100 to 500 views or so, okay? So it's not that great. 
because I have about give or take 10,000 or 11,000 people on my LinkedIn. Now, what started happening was when we started, when I would make like short five minute videos and I'd ask people a question and be like, hey, like, you know, how are you guys optimizing your sleep? Here are a couple of things that I do, right? And then a bunch of people would start leaving comments who would tag people. Um, and then what would happen is one organic post would get four or 5,000 views on it. And we still have posts that are, that I put up a couple of weeks ago that are doing pretty well still, you know, a couple of thousand views on it. So instead of going from, you know, 100 to 500 views, you're going up to about a couple of thousand. I saw someone else, I showed my team um, the other day, you know, they, they took something from a football game and, um, you know, lo and behold, it gets 150,000 views, right? And I think the views are valuable because, you know, people need more than just seven interactions now. I did the, the live I did yesterday, I was like, look, the rule of seven might need to be like the rule of 14 now just because people are so busy, right? So take that into account. Even with these, the 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 live I'm doing right now, I'm, I'm actually looking at the comments right now. Uh, I think some of my team are in here. Like we're, we're figuring out how we can engage with you better and, and do a better job. Um, thank you, Dustin. Uh, my, my feet, Michael, my feet definitely smell. Um, you know, this is why I only go barefoot uh, when I'm when I'm at home. I wish I could show you my feet right now, but see, I'm not even flexible, so I can't stretch. <clears throat> um, so Brian says, how many lead avenues do you guys do at once? I'm thinking of Facebook ads, LinkedIn, podcasts, and a blog. Is that too much at once? So, you know, I'll give you the, the, the boring answer. The, the predictable answer is you want to focus first on what's working. And then like, it also depends on what, what stage your business is at, right? So if I were starting out single grain, my marketing agency, and by the way, guys, if you want to, you know, talk to the marketing agency, if you want to, you know, learn more about product services, whatever, you can go to singlegrain.com slash live. Um, and you can, you know, feel free. My team can talk, talk to you and then you just figure out, um, where to point you to, whether it's to somebody else or whatever. Um, but when I was starting out at single grain, <clears throat> Again, 4,000 visits a month to a blog. So I came into the company, I took it over, right? And <clears throat> we just focused on creating longer form content, better content, and our traffic started to grow more and more and more over time. And then I didn't try to do anything else. I didn't say, you know, Facebook ads, let's do Facebook ads, let's do Google and all that. We just focused on the blog. Now, when I think about the, the Growth Everywhere podcast, the, the channel you guys are subscribed to right now, the first year I just focused on the podcast. I didn't try to do anything else. I didn't try to sell ads on it. I didn't try to promote it on Facebook or whatever. I just focused on the podcast, <clears throat> excuse me, because I knew, I knew that I needed to get more reps to improve. Okay. So that's one of the key things you get more reps in the beginning, you suck. And then the, the cool thing is when you suck in the beginning, nobody can find you anyway. So it's okay. And you've, but, but you continue to keep going and eventually you start to build an audience, right? It's the same thing with this YouTube channel too. It's slowly growing over time. We're starting to get volume. Now we're at about 15,000 subscribers. We want to go for a hundred thousand, but it's going to take time because some of the people I've talked to really popular YouTubers, they have, you know, a couple hundred thousands or millions of subscribers. They all started from zero too. And then what they told me was like, look, Eric, once you get to about 10,000, 20,000 subscribers or so, it's going to grow a lot faster. You're going to have a community. You're going to have an audience. Those of you that are hanging out with us right now, like I really appreciate the fact that you're in here and um, it's about cultivating that community and building it up. Right. But I wouldn't have done live in the beginning. I would have just focused on kind of videos before I started to do all the, add in all the bells and whistles. Right. Um, so hopefully that helps. So Brian says playing devil's advocate. If you focus on one and it works and then something happens and it stops working suddenly, that's what worries me. Uh, yeah, I need to be patient. So that's a very good question. And guys, feel free to put in more of your customer acquisition questions. Um, I'm going to continue to answer them. So it's okay. Look, if I lost the, if you try to do too many things at once, what happens is this, right? So let's say um, you do, here's one thing. Here's another thing. Here's another thing. If you do them all at once, 
you grow slower. But if you focus on just one, you grow a lot faster, right? So even if you lose that one, it's okay, right? Because maybe, maybe like Facebook decides to ban you or whatever, right? But you got the experience up and you can just focus on one more and grow it up again, right? But if you try to do too many at once, it's going to take you a long time to rise up versus just one. So you get one up first, get it going, and then you can start to diversify into other ones, right? You can start to grow the other ones. And then what happens is you can get the most leverage by growing a team, right? Growing a team and then, you know, delegating things out so your team can tackle it. Then you get true leverage because you're able, even if everyone else can do it at, you know, 60 or 70 or 80% of what you can, that's no problem because that's still better than you putting in, you know, your time doing 100% when you should be working on other things, okay? But, you know, that's a whole nother topic. Building a great team, that's a whole nother topic. And that's that's much harder to me than any like marketing tactic or any hack that I can give you, right? Or any strategy I can give you. I think building a team is probably the strongest thing that, that you can do. <clears throat> so Damien says, uh, why did you take over Single Grain instead of starting a brand new shop? So for those of you that don't know, Single Grain is the marketing agency. Um, and you know we mostly work with software companies, e-commerce companies, education companies too, one blockchain company. So I, the reason I decided to take to even come into single grain in the first place, and maybe this is a lesson that um, that might be helpful to you guys, is the company I was at before Treehouse. I was leading marketing over there, and we had a great product. We had great people. We just didn't have a great marketing process. Okay, so me coming in, I was just like, okay, we need to do this. We need to do this. We need to do this. And I said, and then you know, a month later, the CEO pulls me aside and says, you know, if we don't hit numbers this month, we're gonna have to let you go. So I said, okay. And I just took all the data I got from YouTube ads and I bet the entire company on YouTube ads. Okay. So, you know, me gambling background, bet the entire company, you know, we'll see how it goes. Right. Thankfully it worked out. So the challenge was coming into single grain was the services we had no longer work. So the, the penguin and the Panda update hit. So single grain was previously an SEO company, just focused on SEO. We still do SEO, but the work we were doing no longer works. So the product and the service was invalid. Okay which meant the people that were doing the work were probably weren't the right fit because the work was invalid. So you don't really have a business at that point. Right. So I, I went from having great people, having a great product to, uh Oh, we're in trouble on those two fronts. Can I turn it around? Okay. So it was much more of a personal thing. Like if I can turn this thing around, you know what? I can do anything I want. So even if I completely failed right now, I know that because I was able to do those two things that I would, I, I have insurance for the future. Okay. It's like focusing on, on this one company, right? And then <clears throat> not losing, well, here's the thing. When I focus on single grain, everything grows a lot faster, right? During single grain, when it was going bad, badly, even when I took over, I tried to start this other company that was completely unrelated and that went poorly. Okay. And I had to shut that company down. But when, every time I focus on single grain, I just find it grows a lot faster, right? Cause my background is around marketing. I'm in the market. Like I, I, I kind of teach marketing, I guess I speak on marketing. Um, so short answer to your question, just to kind of, you know, bring it back a little bit is I thought joining single grain would fast forward me. Okay. If I were to go back in time, I probably wouldn't have done it. I thought I was free rolling and I was, but I would just probably start my own if I were to go back in time. So that's what I would recommend. Okay. Um, Dustin says thoughts on simply cold emailing, offering a video analysis and sending one, those that reply, not exciting, uh, but has worked in the past. So Dustin, that's a really good one. So drift D R I F T. They actually send me videos from Vidyard. So Vidyard, I'll drop it in the chat right now. Um, so you can use Vidyard. I actually had him on the growth everywhere podcast. You can search at growth everywhere Vidyard. You can find the video interview. Um, when I spoke at SAS talk and, um, what they do, you can use loom too. So here I'll drop this into chat. Use loom. 
you could just make videos. And what I recommend is show your face too, right? Show your face because it's personable. Maybe you don't want to show like your apartment like this. I'm only doing this because I'm we're, like, doing a webinar right now. Maybe show it in your office. Do it like you, when you're in a working environment. Because like, you know, when they see like alcohol like that, don't worry, guys. I don't really drink that much, but I have all the alcohol over there because it makes me look cool. But um, anyway, so where was I going with this? Oh, okay. So when you're going to reach out to people, show your face and then give them like one or two minutes of analysis. Okay. What I used to do when I was first trying to start my shop when I was 24, 25 years old is I would, and I, th I think I still have some of the examples of all the analysis that I did. And I think I pulled them up last week, but I would spend 20 to 30 minutes doing a free analysis for each website I wanted to work with. And I would do 20 to 30 of these a day. I would be really tired. And, um, people would open them. I think we got a couple of clients from them and it does work. Okay. So I would recommend that you use Mixmax. Um, so I'll drop that in the chat as well. Uh, someone said volume is really low. Can you guys hear me better now? Are you guys having trouble with the volume? Uh, type something if you guys are having trouble with the volume. I'm going to speak really close to the mic now. Is this way better or is this better? Okay, so I'll speak, I'll speak closer. So when you email someone, okay, keep it short and to the point. So, you know, one person said, um, they said, hey, look, they might just put my name, right? Eric, E-R-I-C. And then I'll say, Eric, you know, I noticed that you're really into SEO. Um, I wanted to share this, this one video on how you can win, um, you know, Uber as a client, right? And so, but you keep it short to the point you keep it customized. I, I didn't give you like the best example, but if you want to see better examples from Alex Berman on the Growth Everywhere channel, um, I'll type this in as well. Alex Berman, um, he, he actually, we did a collab on our channel about how to write good cold emails. He's actually got some good templates. And one of the people, uh, persons uh, that works for him actually cold emailed me, emailed me last week, gave me a good offer, made it customized to me. He said, uh, the title was Big Fan. And it said, Eric, I really enjoyed this episode that you did with so-and-so. I really like how you talked about this. Shows, feeds my ego, right? It, it, if you can feed their ego and you can show that you actually consumed or understand what they like, Great. And he said, look, I, I do, I do, um, I, I do, um, so-and-so for Alex Berman. Um, I thought you might be interested in this as well. And, um, you know, here's some examples of what I did. I was like, great, silly bad, but he got me to open the email to respond to him. And then we got the deal done that day. Okay. So if you customize it, you keep it short and to the point, show some examples, maybe even make a video using loom or using Vidyard, uh, you should be able to get people's attention. Okay, cool. Uh, thank you to uh, probably UA or Hannah from my team for dropping the links in. So they're they're actually helping me respond as well. And uh, so let's see what else. What else do we have in here? Um, Puneet says, how do you find content that your customers potentially search for, for blogs? Okay, so Puneet, uh, thank you for that question. What I would recommend if is I you can use a tool like BuzzSumo. So uh, that's B-U-Z-Z-S-U-M-O. Uh, BuzzSumo actually helps you find content around your niche, and it shows you who's scoring high. They have this thing called the Evergreen Score, which shows you um, how evergreen it is. You know, was it published beyond a month? How many links it has? How many social engagement it has? And if it's above like a two, you're in a good spot. Okay, that's going to show you some trends. I'd also recommend re recommend using Neil's uh, Uber Suggest. Uh, Uber Suggest is like a free keyword tool, and he bought it. Uh, and by the way, here's the benefit: my failed senior living business got him to buy Uber Suggest. So now that Uber Suggest is like completely like it's he, he keeps ramping it up. That's something you all can use um, because of that failed business. Because I told him, here's the story. I said, hey, I said, hey, Neil, uh, I bought the senior living website for like $10,000. Okay. And uh, all of a sudden I have the rankings for it. So here's a little SEO lesson. We got the rankings basically kind of transferred over. And he's like, oh, that's interesting. So a week later, we're recording the marketing school podcast. And he's like, oh, you know, I went ahead and I bought uh, Uber Suggest for $250,000. I was like, Neil, I never told you to do that. But okay, I, I, I wish you the best of luck on that. So that's the story on that. 
Okay. Um, those are just a couple of examples. And I would also re recommend looking at your Google search console, uh, seeing how you're doing there. Okay. Um, Nexus growth coaching says, Brian, that's why it's important to layer in other funnels. Once you get the first one running effectively, totally agree with that. And by the way, guys, I recommend reading .com secrets from Russell Brunson. That's a really good book on how to get you kind of, um, you know, introduced to funnels, but I would say, don't try to do too many funnels. Just make a simple funnel in the beginning. A funnel could be, Hey, you know, welcome to our email list. You know, here's what we're all about. Here's what we do. Da da da. And then send them, send them value. Right. And in, in our general nurture sequence, we send them like evergreen episodes of growth everywhere interviews. Cause they never expire. All the stories I do with people, they never expire. Um, by the way, if you guys want to see me do more of these, let me know in the chat. Like, you know, I, I, you know, just type in like live into the chat. Um, then my team can take a look and be like, you know, maybe we should invest more time into these lives. And if you guys actually enjoy them, cause uh, I'm actually enjoying this right now. And the engagement seems to be much better than any webinar I've done so far. Um, so I like that. So, um, Oh, Nexus Growth Coaching. Okay, I didn't see the next line. So Hannah asks, Hannah from uh, the, the Single Grain team, she says, hey, Eric, do you ever get nervous before meeting a high-profile client? If so, how do you deal with that? Yeah, I think this applies for any kind of, it could be like, you know, a high-profile client. It could be like someone that's very influential. It could be like a date, right? A date. Um, and you're always nervous. And I, I'm still nervous. Like even before I go on stage, I'm nervous. But you, you get over it when you realize that, you're trying to help them solve a problem for the most part, not, not on the date though. Cause the date is really like, you're trying to solve each other's problems. So it's a little nerve wracking when you take the attention off of you, it becomes way easier, right? Like even in this live right now, I'm like, okay, how can I continue to pro provide more value? Right. How can I, how can I, um, solve people's problems? It becomes much easier like that. And I do less us and ums when I don't have to think that much when I feel like I'm just giving value, giving value, giving value. Okay. So hopefully that helps. How do I deal with that? Nerve never goes away, at least for me. For some people, you know, you know who who doesn't get nervous? Uh, for those of you that watch American football, so Bill Belichick, he he coaches the New England Patriots, and they've been to the championship game nine times out of eighteen years. Okay, so that's fifty percent of the time they make it to the championship game. So in any kind of sports, whether it's uh, soccer, whether it is basketball, whatever, when you make the championship game fifty percent of the time that you're coaching, it's a pretty good number. Okay, and so for him, he says, look. I still get nervous. I still get nervous during the, for the, the conference championship games. There's a lot on the line. There's a lot of people that you have to please. And there, there's a lot of nerves, which is why you see a lot of people when they play a championship game in the first like opening minutes or the first quarter. Or so there's a lot of nerves and they just suck in the beginning. Okay. So um, what else do we have? Tiago says, this is really helpful. You're doing such a great job. Thank you, Tiago. Uh, and then first metric says, how do you find good folks that can take long form content and convert it into multiple pieces of, of other types of content that can be promoted. That's a really good, um, that is a really, really good question. And by the way, we created this video and we're going to continue to double down on this uh, methodology, which we call we're calling the content sprout method. The content sprout method just means, you know, we're taking a live like this and this live, honestly, this can become multiple blog posts. This can become a super long four to 10,000 word post. Okay. So to answer your question, what I would do is I would go, if I'm looking for writers, I'll go to pro blogger. So jobs.problogger. You can put a job up posting up for like $75 or whatever. AngelList is also really good. One of our writers that uh, came to me who now works for Gary V, by the way, um, shout out to Raghav. Um, he came out of college. Okay. He's like, look, uh, I, I'm going to travel right now. I'm going to travel Asia, but I'd love to work for you. And he writes this 8,000 word blog post for me. He's like, here's what I would fix, whatever. Bear in mind, he's only 23 years old at this time. Okay. And he writes like someone that's really experienced. And so when he came in, uh, we got him in and he was writing 4,000 words per day. 
4,000 words per day. So you can find great writers. If you're in America, there's a lot of journalism majors that are suffering right now in terms of finding jobs because a lot of these media companies are just getting crushed. So that's, a, that's another lesson I can talk about another time where advertising on your site is not the best way to make money. So yeah, and if you're looking to find designers, I would recommend checking out Dribble. That's uh, Dribble, D-R-I, triple B, so B-B-B-L-E. Uh, Behance is also very good as well. And just audition to people. Give them a test because most people, they can't follow the directions. When you put a job posting up, they can't follow directions. I would also recommend using a tool like Buzzsumo, go out there and then find people that have written great content, blogs that you admire, and just look at the authors and look at who you can hire there because a lot of these authors are available. They're looking for more work, okay? So those are just a couple things you can do to try to sprout this, um, to grow this thing out. And look, if you're just starting out right now, you don't have the, the budget, you don't have the time, that's okay. Do what you can do in the beginning because look, I started from somewhere, right? Single Grain was basically... Our online presence was nothing when I first started, and I was able to get something going initially by myself. It might not have been the greatest, but eventually I was able to get some traction and recruit people around me. And it's, it's the team around me that makes everything great, okay? And we're always getting better. We're always thinking, you know, how do we improve? So hopefully that helps. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Live, live, live. A lot of people said live. Thank you. Poof, new sales. Uh, Haji. Haji says, Haji, you know, I used to, I remember I used to watch... God, what's that show called? Haji from, what's that cartoon called? Johnny Quest. That's it. Johnny Quest. I used to watch Johnny Quest and his best friend was Haji. Anyway, so Haji says, how many lead avenues do you guys do all at once? I'm thinking of Facebook ads. Wait, I think you asked that question already. So I think I answered that already. Uh, Laquisha asks, what about creating a community around your product? What is the best source or technique? Okay, so here, I'll, I'll tell you something that works. Here's a community right now. Okay, but you know what works really well? Facebook groups. Facebook wants you to stay on their platform. So if you create a Facebook group, even our little marketing school group, and by the way, we can link to that in the in the comments, I hope. Check that out. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe on uh, subscribe to our, our Facebook group. Facebook groups are very engaging because people love to, they're kind of, Facebook's favoring the groups right now. And I, so I always see posts from groups that I love, like uh, that I'm a part of. So Young Entrepreneurs Council, that's a paid group I'm a part of. War Room, that's a group I'm a part of as well. And people are always contributing there. So I think if you're looking to start any type of group at all, what you need to do is you know you, you stay engaged for the first two to three months. And by the way, I, I actually suck at this. You know, we need to do more engagement in our group. But if you're able to do that, the group will be able to self-perpetuate and the group will grow on its own because the marketing school group grows on its own. Um, so I would recommend using using that as a way to build community. And your argument might be, look, um, I don't want to build on some someone else's kind of platform. I think you're, if you're able to kind of siphon that off and then maybe eventually uh, get people to join like a webinar or a live and collect their email address, then you can, you can kind of control that. Because I do like the, having the, the element of uh, controlling uh, your email list because all the other stuff is kind of like a crapshoot. Okay. Uh, Poof New Sales says, even though he won't play me heads up in poker for a backlink from single grain if I win. I don't remember you asking me for that, Poof New Sales. Um, but you know, I, I I would like to know what you're offering from your side. You can feel free to you know message me on Instagram or whatever if you'd like to play heads up. Let me know what you're putting up, and uh, you know, we'll see what we can do. All right, so Rachel asked, for the Marketing School podcast listeners, do you have a list of top 20 tools for marketers? I'll, I'll tell you what, Rachel. So we do a lot of these episodes in the Marketing School podcast. So those of you that don't know the Marketing School podcast, we're on track for about 1.2 million downloads in the 30-day period, So, um, which, means, which means the event is actually going to happen in downtown LA. 
Okay, so we'll, we'll, we'll update you on that. I'm actually going to see Neil tomorrow. We're recording podcasts. Um, but going back to Rachel's question, she says, list of top 20 tools for marketers. Okay, so we do a lot of these top seven tools for this, top seven tools for this, top seven tools for this. Okay, so you, you can see a lot of them. If you just go to marketingschool.io, you should be able to search all of them. If I'm going to give one tool right now that I really love, one tool that I really love right now would be, I mentioned it earlier, I like Loom. So use Loom and uh, Loom or Vidyard doesn't really matter because I'm able to do screencasts with my face. I'm able to show people, explain to people really quick and I'm able to, to, to communicate a lot faster, okay? I would also say Gong is a great sales and marketing tool because I can learn what my people are saying and what my customers' objections are so then I can figure out how I want to message to people. I'll, I'll give you a third bonus too. A third bonus is... Here's a marketing tool that's free for all of you. If you're looking to figure out your messaging for people, especially if you're selling consumer products, why don't you just go to Amazon, look at all the reviews, look at all the three-star reviews of like a book or it could be a three-star review. Look, if I'm looking at, let, let's say, I know for a fact people have written sales books, okay? Why don't I just go look for the sales books on Amazon and say, hey, you know what? What are these people saying that are critical about these books? Okay, because these books, it means the books haven't solved that problem. Okay, it's like, well, this book could have talked a little bit more about prospecting. This book could have talked a little more about this. I, you know, I really would have appreciating appreciated learning about account-based marketing, right? So that just tells me, okay, maybe I should write about account-based marketing. I should include this in my book. Okay, that gives me competitive research. Or let's say I'm selling, uh, let's say I'm selling, I don't know, you know, AirPod cases or whatever. Okay, what's bad about this case? Okay, what can I, I, I can also use this for product development too. They don't like this about this case. Oh, I, I, I totally wouldn't have thought about that, right? That is going to allow you to move a lot faster and it's free information and it's it's valid information because people are actually taking the time out of their day to write a damn Amazon interview. Like, I don't know about you. I think the, the only time I ever write Amazon uh, reviews are only, only when my friends ask me to help them with a book. Okay, that's the only time. So you have to have a lot of incentive, at least for me, to write an Amazon review. It's like the pain has to be enough for them to write that. Okay. So, uh, who do we have next? Rachel, Damien, Damien says, I lost so much time with setting up complicated funnels. Usually the simpler, the better. Eric, do you have a specific strategy to test your entire funnel? Yes. My strategy is create your funnel, general funnel. Okay. Drive, spend maybe a hundred or $200 worth of traffic to hit that funnel. See how it performs. Okay. See how the email deliverability is. We, we're having some trouble with our email delivery, by the way. Uh, if you guys have any thoughts on that, or if you guys know a specialist, we're actually looking for one right now um, to, to get that up, okay? Uh, Haji says, what is the best way to get SaaS CEO as clients? Well, I'll tell you what, Haji, um, the Growth Everywhere podcast, I interview a lot of SaaS founders, and so, and then that has allowed me to go speak around kind of SaaS conferences to and, and get to kind of, you know, break bread with these people. That's a way to get around it. Or, you know, I, I talked about a little earlier, like dinners, are a huge, what, like a 21 ROI for us, 21 X ROI. So try to find SaaS founders around you. I don't know where you are right now, but you know, whether it's a podcast interview, some type of collaboration, doing some work for free initially, there's so many SaaS companies popping up. And the idea is once you start to get to work for the, with a few SaaS companies, you build up the experience, even if you're working for free, you go to other people and you say, look, we specialize on working with SaaS companies. Okay. So hopefully that's helpful. Um, yeah, that's so interesting. Brian, so Brian, uh, <laughs> Brian, I was like, yeah, I, I thought I saw exactly the same question and then Haji asked it. So anyway, uh, I don't know if you guys have like a bromance or whatever, but uh, Tiago says, Tiago says, how often do you record your podcast with Neil? And do you have any lessons that you learned the hard way that we could avoid when starting up? Okay. 
So what I'll tell you is make sure that when you record, even this mic right here, this make sure you have good audio quality, right? You don't need, this mic is a little more expensive, but you can go buy a Yeti, a blue Yeti mic. It's like a hundred or $200. Okay. Or you can buy like, you can even buy like one of those. You can buy, just buy a mic. Okay. Buy a mic. Be the people that are listening to you. It's in your best interest to do a good job of creating the best experience for them. Okay. We've had people, I was looking at our reviews and they said, I, you know, the, the content was really good, but the, the sound quality was so bad that I had to unsubscribe. So Neil and I, in the very beginning, we would record in his hotel, not his hotel, in his condo in Las Vegas. So he lived at the Mandarin Oriental. So really nice place, right? The problem with Vegas was in the summertime, it was up to like 110, 115 degrees. Okay. So, you know, me, my skin was drying up and, you know, the AC was too loud. So we had to turn the AC off. And we would record a couple sessions and it'd get really hot where we're both sweating. And my, my hands, you know, my hands would get sweaty. My, my, my um, feet would get sweaty too. You know, it's just like our sound quality was terrible. We were sweating our asses off. Okay. But that was what it took in the beginning to get going. What I'd recommend if you're going to get started, have good sound quality, have a good mic, record up to five to 10 episodes at a time. If you can do daily podcasts, okay? Most people aren't willing to put in the work. This is why I'm so happy to say this stuff because I know most people aren't going to do this stuff, okay? Um, but this is exactly what we did. We did an everyday podcast and we would record in the beginning, there were 10 minute episodes each. So we, we they're pretty exhausting. Um, and now kind of our sweet spot is like five to seven minutes or so. And we'll record 15 to 20 at a time. So tomorrow we'll knock out 15 to 20. Um, and we often, we used to do it where like right now, like I'm, I'm doing it this remote, right? We would do it where he's traveling. Uh, we would do it where he is, um, you know, where sometimes I'm traveling too. And the sound quality was just really bad. Okay. So I'll take that into account. The other thing I'll, t I'll say is this. We've done over 906 episodes now. We haven't missed one. Okay. So that means we're on track to do three years of episodes where we haven't missed one. It doesn't matter when I'm sick. It doesn't matter when he's traveling. Even in, in times where there's, there's events where Neil and I are both speaking. So we're in Brazil in Florianopolis about two years ago. And like, we got to record. So what we did was we broke into like a conference, like a, like an empty room, set the mic down, sat next to each other. Okay. And then we just recorded. And that's the kind of work that you have to put in to make something like this happen. Cause you know, Neil and I were, were like, we're like, how are we going to get to 1 million downloads a month? We're like kind of stressing about it. Not really stressing, but like worried about it in December. We're like, there's no way. Cause we just keep averaging about 787,000, 797,000. And look, these numbers seem big. They seem unattainable, but I'm telling you, look, if I can do it, you, you guys can all do it. It just takes time to get it going. Um, and so just think of it like, you know, you're plateauing. That's, that's the key takeaway here. Okay. So I don't want this to make not be like not relatable. And, the, but because we, we stuck with it in January, new year's resolutions, everyone is so excited to learn whatever. And all of a sudden, boom, you know, uptick, right. You know, all of a sudden it's like 40,000 dollars a day, 37,000, you know, 35,000 just keeps going up and it stays around that range. We're like, wow, this is going to trend. And now all of a sudden it's like, okay, now we have to throw this event. Right. So this it's, it's. And here's another story, like, or another lesson. It's like each and every level you get up to, when you level up to the next level, you have a completely new set of problems. Your, your problems will never go away. It's not like, oh, when you make six figures a year, or seven figures a year, or eight figures a year, your problems go away. No, you just have a new set of problems, right? What, what do they say? They say new levels, new devils. Okay. So hopefully that helps. Um, Rosh says, well, I'm, I'm going to skip around. So let's see. Uh, Sorry guys, if I don't get to all your questions, I'm trying to, uh, by the way, I love all the questions guys. This is really good. This is, this is super fun. Um, so Ryan asks or Rosh asks, would you start 
with FB ads to your group? I would. I think if you don't have an audience, I think one of the easiest things you can do right now is to go live on, especially on Facebook. Cause if, if the live goes really well, you can just drive traffic there. Right. And then you can just retarget people that have watched a certain portion of that live video or that, that ad, and then bring them back. Say, Hey, join the group. Okay. So you can do that. That's what I would do. If I were starting from scratch today, I wouldn't be like, cause if I try to compete with blog posts today, it's like, there's millions and millions of blog posts being produced every single day. It's like, you got to figure out, you know, where is the path of least resistance? Okay. Uh, Ryan asks, uh, what, what my thoughts are on account-based marketing for B2B. Is it still relevant? It's not discussed much on marketing score, other marketing influencers. I will go ahead and answer that for you. So maybe that can be another blog post for us. Wow. This is getting bigger and bigger, stronger and stronger. I like, I like this. Um, keep it going guys. Keep the comments going so that, you know, maybe, maybe YouTube will show this more anyway. So account-based marketing is this account-based marketing instead of just, let's say I want to reach out to Coca-Cola. Okay. I'm not just going to, let's say I'm a marketing agency, okay? And I want to reach out with Coke, to Coca-Cola. But I know that maybe it only makes sense for me to reach out to the VP of marketing because they have they can make the marketing decisions or maybe the CMO, right? Usually, like, there's one person. Account-based marketing, the only difference is that you're targeting a net of people. You're targeting the entire marketing division, okay? And you're marketing to them. And what you can even do, too, is I, I like account-based marketing because you can do account-based marketing on LinkedIn ads. You can target that company and target, you know, specific titles, which I really like. You can also, there, there's like a bunch of different retargeting programs you can use to just target those specific companies. Um, what else can you do? You can do something crazy with, um, there's like a whole, I need to find a blog post for you, but there's this program called Whole, H-U-L-L. -L. And if you, if you Google Whole Reveal Loop, okay, let me type this in the chat right now. Whole Google reveal loop. That's going to be account-based marketing for your website. So let me give you an example. Our website, we're approaching 200,000 visits a month. And that's a lot of visitors, right? What this will allow me to do is basically identify the company that came to my site. So by IP address. Okay. So let's say Coca-Cola visited my site. And then what I can have happen is Clearbit, which is another kind of a, like an enrichment tool enrichment. I sound like a, like a fob enrichment tool. Okay. So you take that. And then what you do with that is Clearbit will find not only the VP of marketing, but the entire marketing team. And you can even set it to send an email out automated, right? I wouldn't recommend automated, just get all the contacts and maybe, maybe send out a personalized email. That's one way of getting account-based marketing going. And then here's the other thing. This is not really kosher, you know, against kind of, you know, ad policies and all that, but if you have the email addresses, guess what? You can retarget those people. Okay. But, you know, it just depends on the, the country that you're in, okay? So United States, you can't really do that. You, you, you kind of have to disclose it. But when I was hanging out in Ukraine uh, a couple months ago, all the guys in Ukraine were like, yeah, doesn't matter. You know, <laughs> they just they just skirt around. It doesn't matter, okay? So it depends on what country you're in. But I would say most countries, if you're watching this right now, probably matters, okay? Uh, so what is next here? Uh, Brian, Rachel says, yay. Poof new sales says I'm a content marketer. I got you with, wait, huh? I got you with free blog posts for two weeks, 2k words, highest quality, free content. If you beat me heads up, let's get it. Oh, okay. So you, that's the challenge to me. You know what? Email me and we'll, we'll figure something out. I want to see um, poof new sales. By the way, if you guys want to do some deals here, great too. But if you can, if you guys, uh, poof, show me three examples of your best content marketing work and maybe we can talk. Okay. 
Uh, James Isaac says, cool and congrats. Looking forward to coming and joining you in LA. Uh, James, will will let you know in the marketing school, kind of uh, the upcoming episodes, you know, how, how we're going to do this moving forward. Um, Haji says, what's the best way to drive traffic to a services-based funnel? Is FB ads still the best way? And what's a realistic budget? I don't think there's any best way, quote unquote, for this. I think it just depends on where your people are hanging out. And by the way, you might be paying a lot more money to get people into your webinar from LinkedIn. You might be paying like 10, 20, $30 or whatever, but if they convert at a much higher rate, the numbers still pan out at the end. So don't, don't just think about your friends. Would you be able to speak a little on the sales pitch question earlier? How would you start your sales pitch? Did you talk rankings, conversions? What are great qualifying questions? So if I'm doing a sales pitch, if someone's talking to me, all our, so here's, here's a little difference for us. Like, I'm going to reframe this because all our leads are inbound. Okay. So if I were reaching out to someone through email, I want to make sure, okay, here, here's an example. Someone got in, uh, someone got really bad press. Okay. There was a very popular venture capitalist got some really bad press about maybe, you know, they were, um, maybe there there's like some infidelity going on. Okay. So basically this person might, might've been cheating on someone else. Okay. Now what happened was someone I knew reached out to this person and said, Hey, you know, um, negative press. Okay. That was the headline. So it might say negative press and it might say, Hey, look, Hey, so-and-so, uh, look, I, I saw the press that you got recently. Uh, how would you feel if, um, you know, if we're able to get rid of this completely, would you be interested? If you keep it short, short and to the point like that, that that's like an extreme example, but you know, that person's interested in that, that person's going to become interested. And then what you're trying to do is you're trying to get in, 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 in any kind of sales thing, like you're trying to get the conversation. That's what you're trying to do. So, you know, I can float like something that's interesting to them. I can also, you know, create a new tool that again is interesting to them and that's going to get a conversation going. Okay. This is why people pay so much money for boosts. This is why we're spending so much money on, on, on boosts this year, because we know that we get conversations going. Um, you know, it's, there's a, there's a good likelihood that people are going to work with us. Okay. Whether it's through our software, our education stuff, or, um, or the agency. And by the way, if you want to talk to my team about, you know, uh, getting the right products or services recommended to you. Um, just go to singlegrain.com slash live and you can apply for a call and then my team can figure out the best way to, to help you. Okay. So um, first metric says as a follow-up, if you get folks to create multiple pieces of content, do you give them byline credit? For example, yes, absolutely. I give them byline credit. I used to not give them byline credit, but I figure if these people are working hard, I want them to be able to kind of grow their own thing too. So I want to be able to give them the, the, the byline credit. Okay. Um, and I, I think that's fine because you're building goodwill and it's not like you're trying to take all the credit for yourself yourself. And, and plus here's the other thing. If you're taking all the credit for yourself, like every single post I had said Eric Sue on it, like that doesn't seem realistic first, first and foremost. And it also makes your company look smaller. Okay. So if you're trying to work with really big clients, take that into account too. You gotta, you gotta, pre, you gotta think about your image. Okay. Um, scrolling down a little bit, uh, Manav, Manav says, sorry. I'm like, Manav, don't be sorry. Uh, I'm amazed that you're here because it's probably really late for you right now. And uh, that's great. Brian or Raj says, Blue Yeti, $100, great mic. Uh, awesome, thank you. That's super clever. Da, da, da. Sorry, guys. James Isaacs says, go to events, Saster. I will actually be at Saster, James. Um, so feel free to come by our, our booth. And what else we got? Toyoshi says, hello, for a brand new startup that, that will be offering services to clients, which Facebook ads would you recommend to draw traffic? By the way, guys, if you guys are looking to get more clients or you guys are looking to build your agency, we actually, I'm going to drop a link in here. We actually have something uh, called our agency accelerator program. It's only for people looking to build that service. Okay. So I'm just going to drop that in a link. So whatever, if we have the right products or services, whatever, I'm just going to drop it in here. Um, 
So which Facebook ads would you recommend to draw traffic? I would recommend video ads. I think video ads are great. Um, and I'll give you a quick story real quick. And maybe we have like, you know, if you guys want me to keep going, say, uh, keep going or whatever in, in, in the chat, but video allows you actually, let me see if I have the book. I have the book. Give me one second. So this book right here, uh, breakthrough advertising. Okay. This book is no longer in print or you could try to buy it on, on Amazon. It might be a couple hundred dollars, but here's the idea. Whenever you're doing any type of advertising at all, I'm like a book model right now. Whenever you, you're able to do, when you're thinking about advertising, you are taking people, and I got this from Digital Marketer, you're taking people from unaware to problem aware to solution aware to aware of your solution, and then you make a you make an offer to them, right? You, you show them like a deal, okay? The great thing about video is that you can take them through all stages of that, okay? Now, in other scenarios, like, oh, you drive them to a blog post and you gotta build more of a relationship with them, you can just get to the point with the video, you know what I mean? Get, I mean, I recommend reading this book. I try to read it, you know, at least once a year. I try to reread it. There's always, you know, good reminders in there. But check out Breakthrough Advertising. You know, understand that a video is going to be able to take people from top to bottom because you're building a relationship with them. You're building trust with them, just like I'm building trust with you guys right now. Okay. Um, so first metric says most of your marketing school podcasts are about seven to 10 minutes in length. Do you find that to be a good length or should podcasts be 30 minutes longer? Okay, this is perfect. This question is perfect because my growth everywhere podcast, people um, stay about 30 to 45 minutes or so. And the retention is, is, is extremely high. Okay. Now with Mark, it's about like 80 or 90%. Now with marketing school, now with marketing school, the retention is about 95 to hundred percent. So people go the whole way through. So I think there's a case for both of them. If we're looking at watch time or li listen time, both have um, their merits. So, which is why I like doing both of them. Okay. Uh, Rachel asks, is there any way to, to view my competitors, Google reviews somewhere to just plug in their URL? I think you just need to Google their name and then just look for the Google page. I don't, I don't have the most experience on that. So that's all I know around that. Um, first metric says, do you need a certain number of subscribers to do YouTube live? I don't, I don't, I, I think you actually do. I think you do. Um, you might need to Google that by the way, cause I don't have the answer for that because I know when I go to my personal account, I cannot go live on it. Oh no, no, I can go live. Never mind. I can go live. That that account only has like 156 subscribers, so I think anybody can go live at this point. So I have uh, hopefully solved hopefully solved that hopefully solved that for you. Haji says he'll be at Saster. Okay, that's great. Um, so see you at Saster. And then what else do we got? Um, Rachel says she wants to come to LA from Toronto for the live show. You know, I actually might be in Toronto for um, to meet some more clients there. Okay, and. Haji says, is blogging worth my time to grow my brand and get clients how we can stand out in this crowded blogging world? If you're just starting out right now, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I wouldn't start with blogging. I'd try to start with like what I recommended earlier. Start with like going live on YouTube and you're trying to drive ads towards it. And because you can drive ads and, and build an audience that way, right? And then get people to get people on your email list. Okay. Poof New Sales says, I know you used to work at Treehouse. If you're involved in an education company right now, how would you get new students? Okay, that's actually what we have right now. We have, we have an education company focused on training people on marketing. And I would, I mean, look at, and I recommend again, look, if you're looking to build an audience, like look at what I'm teaching right now. There's no way I haven't built some goodwill with some people in here that they aren't willing to at least, if they're at the right frame of mind and they want more marketing education, they can go ahead and do that, right? So we're building that out right now. And those of you that want to see, um, Neil and I do some marketing education right now where we're basically going to have uh, quizzes, certifications, team training, and it's basically curating all the content we've created. Plus, we're going to create some new content. Um, let us know that you like uh, just type training into the chat and uh, just 
want to see the engagement on, on that in here. Um, so that'll give us a little more kind of ammo to move forward on it. Thank you, Laquisha. And Puneet says, uh, any tips on getting freelance writing jobs? So that one, Puneet, I answered a little earlier. I'll just check out AngelList or I would check out ProBlogger. Those are really good job boards and you can find people there. Um, Anil says, we charge minimum $1,000 for a customer. Is there any marketing agencies that, that you can hire low budget? There's a company called Boostability. They do low budget, uh, lower budget marketing. And um, what I would recommend, honestly, if you're doing low, lower budget, is just to figure it out yourself or maybe hire an intern. And that you're probably going to get more bang for your buck that way. But Boostability does great work too. Okay. And thank you all for saying keep going. And uh, let's see. What else? I'm going to start wrapping this up. Any other questions you guys might have, I'm going to stay for maybe another couple of minutes and then I'm going to go off because I have another podcast interview and I haven't had a drink of water for 43 minutes. Um, so let's see, Manav, Breakthrough Advertising, Ryan Mason says, what would you say the best way for new new agency is to gain clients, cold emails, cold calls, or networking events? Ryan, honestly, I think in the beginning, because you have more time in the beginning, you should do all of it, right? So cold emails. I'm talking from a sales perspective because you, you aren't sure what's going to work for you. And I don't know what niche you're in because if you're marketing to like hospitals, you might market a different way, right? So I don't know what works for you necessarily. So you might need to try a little bit of each, right? Because for me, we mostly focus on working with, uh, you know, software companies and, and uh, e-commerce companies. We kind of know who to reach out to and then who to hit. And um, it just so happens that a lot of people listen to podcasts and a lot of people consume content. And a lot of people are at the events that I speak at, okay? So it's, it's a, it depends kind of answer, okay? Uh, Haji says, I plan on joining your course. See you at Saster. So yeah, look, if you guys have any questions on the, you know, the offerings that we have, whether it's products like education or like services, again, singlegrain.com slash live for a call, or you can go to singlegrain.com slash join agency accelerator for the agency stuff. Okay. Um, first metric, that question is very uh, wide. So I don't know if I can answer that, but the question is, what is the ideal size company to work with single grain? Oh, you mean with us? So for us, we're looking for companies that are doing at least 5 million in revenue, probably ideally 10 million in revenue, or they've raised at least $10 million. Okay. Uh, Trevor says, if you find yourself in Westlake village, our agency would love to learn from you. And I'm sure our CEO would love to collaborate in some way that would be win-win for everyone. Trevor, I actually was in Westlake village. Um, when the fire started, I was at the, I was at a hotel and we got evacuated. So, um, I actually got a lot from that event too, but anyway, um, Westlake Village is very nice. I will let you know if I'm ever back there. And Damien says, I started mine with cold emails only. Great, cold e emails are awesome. Uh, Manav says, Eric, if someone is new, what can he really share on YouTube? That's a really good question. I think if you're starting out, it's like, what can you share? I think if you're literally just starting out, like you're a student coming out, you're going to have to take a licking for the first year or two, start to get some experience, and then you can share. Because at that point, then you can start sharing experience for people that are two years behind you, right? So you got to get a little experience first before you can start sharing. Because for me now, it's so it's so easy. Like I'm just, you know, 48 minutes, I'm just continuing to riff on that stuff because it's just like, there's this story over here. There's this, there's this experience over here. And I can just go on it. So once you have like a year or two, you should be able to, to, to share more stuff with people. Okay. If you find that you're struggling to share with people, you probably might not be that experienced in the beginning. So you've got to gain some more experience. All right. Um, Natasha says, what's your favorite landing page CRO test recently? Natasha, um, one of my favorite CRO tests recently is actually we added um 
we added this drift bot that's a conversational landing page, which is what they call it. And it collects a lot of leads for our, um, our education kind of program. We're collecting leads for that right now. And it's, it's done really well. So I would recommend checking that out. <clears throat> Anil asked, how can I learn marketing myself? Any course? I would recommend checking out marketing school if you want something for free. And then if you want to check out kind of our individual and training programs, um, you can, you know, just check it out when it actually comes out. But th the free stuff that we have coming out of marketing school and the, this YouTube channel, that should be more than enough. Uh, let's see, what else do we got? Yeah, so James recommends the Hoth. I mean, that's what I recommend uh, for, I guess, those like SEO reseller stuff. Natasha asks, favorite growth channel for B2B to C e-commerce company now aside from video? So B2B to C, let me think about that, aside from video. I do like Facebook Messenger. And so what you can do with Facebook Messenger is you can drive people to your bot, collect their email inside of the bot. So you have their subscriber on Messenger, you have their email, and then you can also get them to click on a link to go to a thank you page. So then you can retarget those people. So that's what I like doing. Um, that way you can hit them across all the different channels, okay? First metric says, thanks, uh, thanks for your time. Uh, appreciate that. And uh, Trevor says, that would be awesome. A bunch of people here would love to see what you have to say, provide some value. Um, yeah, I mean, that's it for today. If you guys would like to see more, I mean, definitely open to doing more of these. This was really fun. And I hope you all have a good rest of your evening. Uh, for those of you that are listening from, um, you know, kind of Europe, Asia, uh, India, and I guess India's in Asia. And then um, for the rest of you, have a good rest of your day. See you later.